Hello and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Daniel Rhoda, and with me I have Father Eli Giski. How are you doing today, Father Eli? Good. Good to be with you. Good. Good. Um, uh, well, happy Divine Mercy. Yeah. I mean, even though it's, I guess, Tuesday, but yeah. Yeah. Is, 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 we just celebrated Divine Mercy just, Sunday. Divi- yeah, we just celebrated it. Had a, had a holy hour on Sunday night. It was good. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I was home last weekend, and so, uh, yeah, Father did, Michael. Did they do something in St. Uh, Francis, or? They, um, they didn't. I, I, I think they normally do something as, like, the deanery. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it kind of slipped through the cracks this year. Yeah, COVID. But uh, another, another COVID fatality. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, very much so. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a great. Uh, yeah, F- F- Father Michael gave a great homily. I haven't gone back and listened to yours yet, yet <laughs> but probably not as good as his. But. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll, I'll listen to it and then I'll, I'll, I'll judge both of you. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we also had first communion, so. Yeah, right. Yeah. That homily was kind of a funner one to do because I did the interaction homily where you go and ask the kids like yeah. about different things. So that's always fun. Yeah, I I, I didn't I, record that one, but I, I heard uh, the that mass at St. Lawrence was pretty uh, was pretty packed. Yeah, yeah. The eleven o'clock we had to use the social hall again, so it's good to see. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, see if it absolutely. continues. Um, well, this week we're gonna. You know, we're going to kind of dive into Divine Mercy, talk about it a little bit more. Nice. Um, and, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's something that is, is talked about quite a bit in today's age in the church. But um, but with some of the, th- like, with a lot of things in the church, like, we're not, it's not always super like, okay, how can I actually, like, use this in my life, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so, yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, but before we do that, would you lead us in a prayer? Sure. Heavenly Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord, as we come to this opportunity to talk about divine mercy, we ask you to bless our conversation. We ask you, Lord, to um, reach out to any parishioners who are in need of mercy, anybody within the fold that is struggling in any particular way um, with unforgiveness or with brokenness in their life, as we all to some degree are. We ask you, Lord, to penetrate those places of our hearts that need healing and to bring your mercy. We ask this through our mother as we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Great. Thanks, Father. Yeah. Uh, Well, uh, things that we have going on this week. Yeah. Yes, we have a uh, funeral on Saturday. It's been a while. Well, I think they had one. They had a holy family had one on last Friday, but uh, Father Foster did it. So this will be my first funeral in, I think maybe three or four weeks. I can't remember. So I mean that's good. Yeah, we're yeah. holding on to our members. So, uh, so that's happening. Then we have faith formation this week, um, second to last time. So we have this week with the older disciples, and then next week is like the closing barbecue. Hopefully. Weather's different than this week. We'll see. Yeah, um, or like the last week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, kind of crazy, like coming to an end here. You know, with the school year stuff kind of shuttering down, and um, we still have some weeks left of RCIA and Intro to Catholicism. So we still are going strong with that. Um, it'll be fun tonight to hear from the 
candidates who came into the church, what their experience was, and get a chance to get a little feedback from them. Um, am I missing anything? Uh, we have the sacramental blessing this weekend. Sacramental blessings. Yeah, so we're going to bless sacramentals um, this weekend after the masses, except for the 4 o'clock mass. I won't be sticking around to do that, but after the other masses, so at St. Joe's, 6.30, Holy Family, 9 a.m. on Sunday, and St. Lawrence, 11 a.m. So after those masses, I will bless items for those who want to bring sacramentals to be blessed. So things like rosaries and holy cards and crucifixes and images and um, sacramentals, not pets, not uh, not dishware, not lucky charms, things like that. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, we could probably have like an episode and just talk about sacramentals. We but, could. But yeah. what, like... What would be like, or what is like a good reason to like have come and like have a sacramental bless? Like, does it like yeah. infuse it with like special powers or? Uh, yes and no. I mean, a, a blessing in, uh, gives something like uh, makes it a sacred object um, if it's a thing, and then that sacred object can be sort of it's kind of funny to say, but like a ward against evil. It can be like a um, like holy water or crucifix or images of the saints can be um, kind of a Kind of, it just creates like a holy space in your house. So there's that kind of um, thing, and then it's also recognizing it can be also be an inspiration, a source of inspiration that God can work through that image. Or if you wear a crucifix around your neck or something like that, it can be like a reminder, like in moments of temptation or moments of struggle, you can hold on to that crucifix or or think about it. Or you know, so uh, sacramentals are there to help us um, in our faith, uh, both be protected and be reminded and to pray, basically. So, um, so they're instruments, basically, of, of God's grace in our lives, physical instruments. Great. So, the, yeah, we can bring our... Bring your sacramentals. Bring sacramentals. Um, not your dog-named sacramental. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, yeah, so we can kind of dive into uh, the main... Um, subject for today which is divine mercy mm-hmm. and talking about divine mercy sunday which we just celebrated this past sunday um which i knew it was kind of like a recent feast but when i was kind of looking into it a little bit more i kind of forgot that it was i mean it was instituted in 2000 yeah 21 years old already so um i think it was april 2nd or something like no no uh, april 30th april 30th so yeah because it was the same day that saint faustina was canonized oh okay okay, okay right, so right. he did he, i saw jp2 did both on the yeah, same day he died on april 2nd that's what it was yeah, yeah somebody was just reminding me of that yeah no that's it's hard to believe yeah, and, and uh i don't know I, I think it's just used to i'm used to since the church is old uh used to everything being old being old yeah <laughs> and so uh it's it's kind of cool to be like oh i was you know i was alive when this feast was, uh, was insti- instituted like yeah. that's it's, it's, it's kind of cool yeah um there's still new things happening in the church yeah yeah god, god is doing a new thing yeah yeah <laughs> news boys uh I, I i honestly don't even know oh, i think i think that might be one of their songs okay or maybe not maybe that's just a line in one of their songs yeah. uh sounds so, like it could be <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, it, it, it's cool that you know he does do new things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, and it, to be reminded of that, like we're not living always from the past, but we're living in the present, and and God is at work even through these old things. Sometimes, what things that are old, 
or feasts that are old or saints that are old or whatever. He works through them, but it also calls and brings forth new things in the church too. So yeah, isn't like um, um, ever old and always new or what was that? What's yeah, the, that's a good. Is it well, the? I, is that exitus reditus sort of thing? I don't know. Yeah, everything. You know, that's more like everything comes from and returns back to God. But yeah, I think I've heard something like that. I don't know who said it or in what context it yeah. was, but it sounds holy and pious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I guess I'll just take credit for it. So. Yeah. Dan uh, wrote a sad once. <laughs> um, so, uh, like, how would you explain the message of divine mercy? Yeah. Well, clearly it's about mercy. Clearly it's about God wanting to share his mercy. But um, in my understanding of how the feast was came about, Briefly, just kind of the highlights would be St. Faustina, who wasn't St. Faustina at the time. She was just a sister in Poland, um, Sister Faustina. And she had some mystical experiences with Jesus coming to her and speaking to her about this feast of divine mercy that he wanted instituted in his church. He wanted to have a a feast that was specifically dedicated to his mercy, uh, that people would come and trust in his mercy. So basically, it was Jesus. It's a similar message to the Sacred Heart message, um, if you if that's an older devotion, but it's kind of like a continuation of that. Basically, it's just Jesus like begging us to receive His mercy. Like He f- obviously feels like we're not making use of the mercy that He wants to share with us. He's seen souls who are in need of mercy but refuse to seek it out, or or maybe feel like they can't because they're too sinful or whatever. So it's basically Jesus kind of reaching out to humanity and saying, come, receive mercy. Like, don't don't be bashful. Don't be uh, fearful. Don't be caught up in like, oh, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. You can't, your mercy isn't great enough for me. So it's basically Jesus trying to just overwhelm us with the amazing opportunity for his mercy. And so the Feast of Divine Mercy, um, he asked for that. John Paul II, who was Pope, uh, you know, for a long time, up until 2005. So we instituted this feast, as you said, in 2000, when he also canonized St. Faustina, Sister Faustina Kolbolska, I think is how you say it. At least that's how the English pronunciation seems to be. Um, so she was a little Polish sister, and she had these things, and she had wrote a diary. So a lot of the sort of the teaching comes from her diary, which was a prayer diary with the Lord. And it was kind of misunderstood for a while. So she grew up like right before and lived right before World War II, I believe, like early 20th century. Um, I don't know her whole story, like when she died and everything, but I think she probably died younger, but I can't remember. Um, but anyway, so she, um, to promote this message, she talked to, you know, obviously bishops and priests, and um, it didn't come out right away, but um, and she had this image of divine mercy that we kind of are familiar with, Jesus standing there with revealing his heart with the, the red and the white coming out, the, the sign of the blood and the water. Um, basically, these rays of mercy coming out of Jesus' heart. So she commissioned that as a way to have a devotion to divine mercy. And then she also, uh, I think, authored the Divine Mercy Chaplet, which is commonly said by many people daily. Others like myself, I don't do that one daily, but I'll, I'll do it now and then, or especially on the Feast of Divine Mercy. So these sort of things to do uh, to, to promote the devotion to the Divine Mercy. Um, so that's kind of, in a nutshell, the history of it and a little bit about what it is. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there any other things that I'm missing? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, no, I think that that kind of there could be more said, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that, but but that's kind of like the main the main points, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I think it. I mean, it's been um, at least within my kind of coming of age in my faith, it's always it's, it seems something that kind of continues to get more popular mm-hmm. as the years go on. Yeah, uh, which uh, yeah, which which is probably I mean is good for our um, our church and I think especially like in our times, just like having this idea of mercy and divine mercy mm-hmm. is, is is really big for yeah. our kind of. There's a lot of people out there who who do need it because we are living in a time of great despair in many ways as a culture, yeah. and so a message of hope is needed. I think. Yeah, yeah, and and, and diving into the, like kind of the message a little bit more, I was looking through the. Uh, the 33 days to divine mercy mm. or merciful love, I think it's called, sure. um, which, uh, is that Father Gately that does that. Um, Michael Gately. He's a, yes, same, yes. same guy that, yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, yeah. F- Father Michael Gately who, yeah, he did the 33 days to morning glory and mm-hmm. he's done, I mean, a couple other yeah. of those, I think yeah. now. Yeah. Um, but I did, I've done it a couple times and I was kind of looking back through it in one of the, parts that I had underlined that stuck out to me is um, is a quote from St. Therese, which which St. Therese, she was before Faustina, right? Uh, or was she after? Slightly before, slightly before. Okay. Like she would have died maybe when F- Sister Faustina was a young person. I don't, know how, I don't know when she was born, but I think Therese died at the turn of the century, so they might yeah. have overlapped slightly. But. Okay. Um, but so St. Therese says this, uh, what... What a sweet joy it is to think that God is just, that he takes into account our weaknesses, that he is perfectly aware of our fragile nature. What should I fear then? So I'll read that once again and then talk a little about it. So what a sweet joy it is to think that God is just, that he takes into account our weaknesses, that he is perfectly aware of our fragile nature. What should I fear then? And when just like reading that, I thought it was really interesting that Therese leads with, like, w- what a joy it is to think that God is just. Yeah. Because normally when we think of, like, the justice of God, we kind of think of, like, the fire and, fire and brimstone yeah, yeah. type of thing. Like I'm... Where where it's like, that's not a sweet joy. That's, a, like, a frightening <laughs> thought, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then she kind of turns it on, on its head, and he's like, he takes into account our weakness. Because he is just, mm-hmm. he is merciful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, uh, which, yeah, which is just, uh, yeah, it's a really interesting and, and hopeful thought. Yeah. Because I feel like normally we have to think he's either merciful 100% or he's either just 100% yeah. and there's yeah. no, like... No in between. Yeah. They don't balance each other. Yeah. No. I just looked up Sister Faustina and she, born in 1905, died 1938. So she's pretty young when she died, 33. Yeah. And she would not have overlapped with Sister Therese. Okay. So, but closely one after the other. So, but yeah, um, this back to this idea of justice and mercy. I mean, it's an excellent thing to reflect on because we do tend to favor one or the other, you know, um, you know, you get the classic like fire and brimstone priest or whatever from the old days who all they ever talked about was like, 
you're all going to hell unless you repent or whatever. Like, you know, so th- this kind of like smashing way of delivering the the message of the gospel, you have to you have to repent and be f- afraid and all this and like live in fear. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the kind of image that people seem to call to mind when they when you talk about um, justice or or um, you know that kind of thing. And mercy is much more of a soft like. Oh, that's that's more my style. I love it when we talk about mercy and mercy's good. Like we we need both, right? So I think if we go too much in the brimstone side and like, oh, there's living fear, that's problematic. Uh, but also if we if we just wait in, in only in mercy, we can get presumptuous and just say, well, God is merciful. He doesn't care what I do. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like no, we have a responsibility. Um, to to respond properly to the, the promptings of God, so, but they definitely do f- uh, balance each other, right? So, um, I'm trying to remember what the quote is, it's something like, uh, well, I can't really remember, but there's something of that basically says mercy without justice is basically it's just it's sentimentality, basically, yeah, and um, justice without mercy is. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't remember, like too harsh or something like that. So, yeah, they they definitely work together. Um, God is both fully just and fully merciful. So, yeah, and it, and I think it's interesting in this quote too that it kind of pulls out that like God's justice isn't even necessarily fire and brimstone, right? The way that right. we we think, think it, it is, yeah. you know, um, because. Like Teresa says, it's just that he takes into account our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And so he, like, he r- looks at the human person and realizes, like, you have issues. Yeah. And I'm not going to, like, he doesn't judge us based off of if we were perfect. Right. His justice is based on our fallen nature kind of thing. Yeah. Like, uh, with that, taking that into account. Yeah. 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 Which, um, which, 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 yeah, I mean, I can definitely see the, like, the um the the kind of thought happening that like oh i'm broken and so or like god notice knows that i'm broken and so it's, it doesn't like matter what i do mm-hmm. because he will like meet me where i'm at mm-hmm. which to a certain extent is true yeah he does but then but you can go too far there yeah he never leaves us where we're at though yeah and then there's there's that other like side of it that if we continually like have this idea of like me being a perfect person with no sin and then like comparing me ha- actually having sin mm-hmm. and then being like, Oh, well I'm never going to never gonna like, get there. Get there. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. kind of falling into despair. And so that, that mm-hmm. there's the kind of the, the two um, like pitfalls, right. I guess. Right? right. Yeah. And I think we probably all at some point fall into one or the other or both, depending on where we are in our spiritual journey and our experience of conversion and um yeah it can be a rough moments in life when you're really wanting to be changed you really want to be converted but you're not yet yeah it can be such a hard thing like oh lord i just want to be better than i am Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh you can you can really be hard on yourself so yeah yeah it's kind of (laughs) just thinking like man i wish my like Justice was as merciful as God's justice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Because uh, so many times, like, we, uh, or at least I know I will, like, project what I think God's justice is onto myself. 
Yeah. And that's totally not true. Yeah. yeah. Or even yeah. on others, we can do that easily with, oh, with yeah. others too. So yeah, absolutely. It's hard hard not to, to do that, but... Um. Yeah, and I yeah I think this idea of like justice and mercy is just is is very popular because they, uh, um, like they complement each other, but I think they also like are needed for each other because you mm-hmm. can't really have justice without mercy, right? And you can't really have mercy without justice, right? Right. right. Um. Because yeah, yeah, kind of like what you were saying, like or else it's kind of like fluff and fire and brimstone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're left with an uh, untenable situation. So. It, it just it doesn't align with who God is, who we know him to be, uh, to hold one or the other apart from the other. So, Yeah, and it actually um, it kind of reminds me of Father Michael's homily this weekend, because mm-hmm. he was talking about um, how Jesus has, like, in his, um, in his character, like, he has, like, both virtues— and he was talking about that there was like an argument for the fact that you can, you know, that Jesus is God because he has uh, like the opposite virtues, but he has both of them, which I guess I don't know if you know, if you know what I'm talking about, but, um, but just like the fact that he has, like, he's fully just and he's fully merciful mm-hmm. and how he's like fully stern, but he's also fully like compassionate. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, yeah. kind of like that, that has, idea. He has the perfection of all virtues. Yeah. 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 So. Um, and so, and so, like, yeah, that was just really interesting. Interesting, also to, to, to like think about, because it's like, yeah, like, like, w- where in my life do I get this idea that God is a fire and brimstone guy <laughs> when Jesus is like, even just looking at what he does in yeah. the scriptures, it's like, yeah. oh, he doesn't do yeah. that. Like, yeah, he he, you know, gets angry and flips some tables, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's probably probably there was a time in the church when there was. Maybe a lot of priests, or or just a general more skeptical approach to God's mercy, and, and not not officially taught by the church, but just kind of the outlook. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, but um, I'm trying to think of what it's called. But there was a time in the probably late 19th and early 20th century when a lot of people would. Like abstain from communion, they'd only go once in a while. Like a uh, uh, Jansenism. Jansenism. That's what yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah. So um, that was part of it. Part of it was just also the fasting was a lot more severe than we have now. But this whole idea of like our unworthiness and we're bad and kind of going too far in, in the side of like we are fallen, yes, but we are created good, and so that sort of had to be balanced out. And I, there's still some of that. In, in our past, and I think there's still some Catholics, like older Catholics, you know, now might have grown up in that sort of um, world of, like, more severity, in a sense, and I think sometimes that's where it comes from, and so I, I often hear older people say, sometimes with fondness and sometimes with, like, great terror, like, oh, this reminds me of this, and it's like, well, hopefully we've become more balanced than, than that, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so it's it is interesting how there's sort of these movements within the church or within Christianity sometimes that affect how we believe and how even how we live, even though they're not always rooted in truth. So, yeah, and, and actually, kind of thinking about it now, that's probably part of the reason why the message of divine mercy is kind of doubled down on. Yeah, 
is because that's why the, the Lord brought it about it. But, like yeah. there was this kind of movement of like this heresy of Jansenism mm-hmm. that is kind of focused on God's justice. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, but there's also mercy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so like, I guess yeah, the one thing we have to be careful because because there's like the ebbs and flows. Yeah. Of just how we as humans like react to all of it, right? So right. to not like overcorrect, but yeah, find that balance, right? Right. right. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the Divine Mercy Chaplet okay. because, um, because this is like a really practical way to live out or kind of practice Divine Mercy or experience it, mm-hmm. practice it. I guess mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know how have a devotion to it. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, which, which, so this is the prayer that Jesus kind of gave St. Faustina for the church, right? Is, is, that, is that kind of my, uh, yeah. is that a correct? If I remember right, he kind of helped her with it um trying to remember i think she kind of composed part of it but i think it was kind of inspired by the lord so as a way to kind of practice this devotion and help foster that divine mercy in people um i can't remember exactly i'm just looking at that handout that i that we had in the bulletin this weekend because i know it mentioned that but i don't see it um but anyway it was it was um Oh, she she promoted the image of and the chaplet of divine mercy. So she promoted them. So okay, probably their origin is from the Lord because that would make sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and one thing that I actually I didn't realize until um, I was reading like the readings for this upcoming Sunday, and part of the um, part of the divine mercy chaplet is from like uh, reading this Sunday, mm-hmm. which is. Um, so I've wrote it down here. Um, it's uh, the letter, the first letter of St. John, where he says, which is, I think, the second reading this Sunday, this upcoming yeah, Sunday. Yeah, would be. And mm-hmm. it says, he is expiation for our sins, not only for our sins, but those of the whole world, which is part of the yeah. Divine Mercy Chaplet, yeah. where it's like... Um, for the sake um, of sorrowful fashion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Yeah. Yeah, so like I, I, I thought that was cool because I was like, oh, I never, I guess, yeah. noticed that before. It's yeah. kind of connected it. Many of our prayers and devotions are little bits of scripture sometimes kind of melded mm-hmm. together or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, you know, I mean, some people might be very familiar with the Divine Mercy Chaplet and others might not be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, wh- yeah, how, what, what would you say is kind of the, the message of, like, the, Divine Mercy of chaplet? The chaplet? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I would say the chaplet kind of has a flavor of, re- like, reparation, meaning, like, we're praying for not only for my sins, but like all the all the people in the world, all the all the whole church. We're praying for like mercy for the whole church. So you know the the, the common prayer that we say during the chapel is for the sake of His sorrowful passion, or basically saying uh, because Jesus offered this great sacrifice for us, have mercy on us and on the whole world. So. It's, um, we know in confidence that Jesus, that you offered a sacrifice for us. We know that the that there's an infinite amount of grace and ability to forgive all our sins. It's only a matter of us coming and seeking it out from you. So it's basically we have a blank check. We just need to cash in on it. And so that's what the the, the message of the chaplet I think kind of hones in on that a little bit. And um, 
So that each little decade you start, uh, Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. And then you say that statement uh, for the sake of a sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the world for 10 times. And so it's basically us just begging God to let his mercy flow upon us. And so it's, uh, I think it is kind of in a way, uh, sort of a, has that flavor of doing penance or doing um, uh, praying on behalf of others. Most of the time, people who are praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet are probably people that are doing all right in their spiritual life, or at least aware enough that they're um, that they are going to confession, probably, and these kinds of things. It tends to be those kind of people that like to pray the chaplet, in my experience, my limited experience. Um, not to say that they're all saints already or whatever, but they're they're living the spiritual life already. Um, so oftentimes, uh, the Church invites people who are already at least on the way to sanctity, to pray not just for themselves, but for the others, especially others in the church who are far from God's mercy or who are feeling stuck, who are hopeless, who are falling into despair, who are stuck in habitual sins, these kinds of things. So we, tr- we as a church, can pray for those people and try to assist them by our prayers. And not only those, but the souls in purgatory as well. So there's this idea of reparation. We're, we're offering prayers, actions on behalf of others. Not because Jesus' sacrifice wasn't enough, but we're basically begging on behalf of our brothers and sisters and ourselves as well to receive that mercy that God has generously made available to us. So, Yeah, and, and think, like from my experience too, this is like a really great prayer to pray like like if you have somebody in mind that you want to pray for you're like i don't know how like how do how should i pray for this person like doing the divine mercy chaplet and kind of like for them Mm -hmm. keeping them in mind is like a really good yeah that's easy simple yeah you know there's a few prayers that are optional prayers that are maybe harder to memorize like i don't have the last prayer memorized i always have to look it up but you know you start with the our father the hail mary the the creed and then you go and you do your 10 decades of yeah what we just talked about, so. Yeah, yeah, it probably, you know, takes less than 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends on how slowly you pray. Yeah. If you're more meditative, you might take 10 minutes, but I would, I would yeah, it's fairly short, so. Yeah. Um, have you ever read the, the diary of St. Faustina? I've tried. I got about halfway through when I read it. I tried to read it. I was probably in college, or maybe I was in seminary. I can't remember. Um, I found it hard hard to digest it all i mean and i've once in a while i, I read like a mystic and i'm just like oh this is really helpful and other times yeah. it's like this is really hard like you're basically reading somebody else's prayer to god which can be insightful and inspiring and other times it can be like i'm just not here like these aren't my words like mm-hmm. i i'm impressed i have a lot of um like wow you're you're a very holy person but I'm not there, but but I know there's a kid in our parish who read who read it and seems to like it, and it's like, wow, great, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, for different people, it might speak to them, it might help them. I think taking a look at it and seeing what you think is is helpful. Don't feel like you have to finish it at this point if it doesn't speak to you. I'd like to try it again someday. I have a copy of it. I just haven't ever finished it. I think I got about halfway through, and I was. I don't know if it was finals or what I had, yeah, and I kind of yeah. just never got back to it. So, yeah, yeah, I I have it on my 
bookshelf and I haven't sure. really touched it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I went to Poland twice when I was studying over in Europe and uh, I th- think both times I went to the shrine of Divine Mercy and um, that's where Sister Faustina lived, I think, at the end of her life is in Krakow, but Poland, which I know her visions, I think, were up in which what is now Lith- uh, Lithuania, Latvia, one of those countries, okay. one of the Baltic states. So. Um, have you ever been to the Shrine of Divine Mercy in the U.S.? Because that's in uh, St- Stocking Bridge, yeah, Massachusetts. I have, I have not. No, I have not. I don't. Not. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Have you? No, I haven't. Yeah. But um, I mean, I've heard that it's cool. Yeah. So I've never yeah. been there though. Is that where the uh, MICs are? Yeah. Yeah. Which stands for Mary Immaculate. Or what is it? Yeah, the Marian Mac- Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Conception. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah. it's reverse, because it's Latin. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which which uh, Father Michael Gately is one of those yeah. priests. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of how... He's probably the most well-known yeah. of them that I'm aware of. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a religious order basically dedicated to the message of divine mercy and Marian piety and so forth, yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you read or done the 33 Days to Merciful Love? I did that one one time. So... I, I prefer the older, the Louis de Montfort um, version of the consecration. That's the one I started with when I did consecration. I think my first time was in 2007. And I've done various ones since then. Um, there's some updated ones. And then I did the Father Michael's Gately's at least once, maybe twice. I, I, I might even let a group with it once. But, um, yeah, it, it's nice. It's, it's good. Um, I think it's very accessible. So Correct. if it's your first time doing the consecration, um, it kind of gives you a good foundation. You know, the Louis de Montfort one is a little bit more strident, a little bit more, the language is a little bit more severe. Again, coming from that time, he was living in the, you know, the 19th century, um, maybe even before that, maybe the 18th century. So um, he comes from a different time, so some of the language can be a barrier for people. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to the, like, 33 days retreat, books um i like the merciful love the divine mercy one more than the or at least i could like enter into that one more sure, than sure. the um marian consecration one which i've done both of them multiple sure, times but sure. yeah yeah but but yeah I, I i i think those are also like yeah really good um yeah. like entry points too yeah i think he takes when you're doing the four the four week period so you have the first 12 days i forget what he talks about in there but then i think he moves on to four different saints i think he does john paul ii for a week uh, Maximilian Colby for a week, Mother Teresa for a week, and then maybe just Mary for the fourth week. I, I forget. Yeah, I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, yeah, kind of helpful to have somebody that helps you reflect on it. If you're uh, rather than just sort of in a general way, but to have sort of a particular saint to walk you mm-hmm. through it is helpful. I think. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, good. Well, yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah. Thanks, Father, for kind of talking a little bit more about divine mercy and um yeah do you have any, uh, any any final thoughts about divine mercy and the the feast um i maybe just say um i mentioned this in the bulletin article not not the bulletin article the bulletin insert this week but just that there is a difference between the indulgence that is offered on divine mercy and the special graces that are offered on divine mercy so if you want to know the difference, you know, look it up or or read the bulletin from last week or whatever. But um, 
Um, if you're if you're the kind of person that likes to like know all this ins and outs, like it's worth taking a little time to try to figure it out and understand it. If you're the kind of person like I'm just getting to mass on the weekends, I'm trying to pray a little bit here and there. Like you're probably not ready to dive into that, but whatever. So, yeah. but divine mercy is available to all of us, and um, I think the whole idea of it, the whole point of it, is that God really wants us to always have hope, to always live in hope, and always come to him in our need. So that's yeah. what we should do. Great. Well, thanks, Father Eli, and thanks, everyone, for uh, for listening. Uh, we hope you have a great rest of your week, and we will uh, see you next time.